0: Mercury Theatre Podcast
1: Alright kids, we go to the next room. This is a personal favorite of mine. Grab your stuff and file on this way.
0: Our missions could happen in 10 minutes, 40 days from now, or 600 years ago.
1: I can hear you outside my door. What is your business with me so late at night?
0: There's no dropping out. You are here until you graduate. The only way out early is death.
1: Guys, find a way out. Don't worry, this is just a drill. Like he said, always expect the unexpected. If you'll grab your stuff, we will go into the next class. We get to learn about magical application. We'll just go ahead and divide you into teams. Make it a competition of sorts. Uh,
0: These are all missions we at Adventure Academy have done within the past month. Uh, I'm a vegan. Oh, well, I guess there's one in every group. I'm everywhere, Nicole. Everywhere! If you're so smart, what's our mission? I don't know. We're going to meet Professor Watson. But I assure you, once you see what we're all about, you're going to have a real hard time saying no. Strap in! I still think
1: you're imaginary. Did anyone want to share my squirrel jerky? You'll always run, Nicole, but I'll be right there now that I know you're alive. Coming soon. May 31st. I'm Casey Wayland, and you're listening to Mercury Theatre Podcast. Imagine being passionate about your career. Now, imagine
0: having the opportunity to speak with a top person in the field. What you are about to witness is the true John Badger doing just that. And tripping every opportunity I got. I was in an honest, starstruck mentality speaking with an incredibly gracious man. The conversation does pick up after I stumble over myself a couple of times. The following, I would say, should have been titled Faux Pas in E minor, but I digress. Earning the award of Excellence in Arts and Best Student Editor, as well as graduating with honors at Orange High School, he was also awarded the Principal's Medallion. He was awarded an academic scholarship to attend Chapman University's School of Film and Television. In 2001, he won the Orange County Hot Dog Eating Contest, in the wake of nine,
1: <laughs> I, I don't think I did that. <laughs> I'm like, I'm I'm almost certain I didn't. But uh, go ahead, keep going. I'm I'm wondering where this going. This is going. Uh,
0: but other than that, I'm good. Okay. Um, in the wake of nine eleven, he enlisted in the U.S. Army, taking a leave of absence from Chapman. He served in the two twenty second Broadcast Operations Detachment in Baghdad. He earned a nomination for Bronze Star for Meritorious Service. During deployment, he filmed his experience, which later became the documentary 365 Boots on Ground. Returning to Chapman, he earned Best Student Documentary at the Bear Film Festival and at the Tiburon International Film Festival. He graduated in 2008 as class valedictorian. While teaching film production at Costa Mesa High School and Coastline Regional Occupational Program, <laughs> and coastline regional
1: at and, and
0: coastline, coastline ro
1: Ocu- you can say rop coastline rop that's why <laughs> you want. that's
0: why it's there man i i i did all this research for this reason um, <laughs> you
1: did i'm like i'm i'm pretty impressed
0: <laughs> <laughs> and coastline regional occupational program he wrote we're alive which became an extremely successful audio drama sensation. He has been the producer of the We're Alive series, a story of survival, lockdown, gold rush, and scout's honor, Bronzeville seasons one and two, improv FX, and a secret project that the public is not privy to yet. We're Alive now has over 200 million cumulative downloads. And somewhere in the middle of all this, he had the time and attention to be a co host with his wife Blair Wayland on the podcast The Drive Home, as well as write the book. On audio drama productions in this age, bombs always <laughs> beep. I am honored, humbled, and pleased to introduce Casey Wayland.
1: Aw, thank you, John. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me here. That, was, yeah, that, that made me seem like I've done a whole lot more than I feel like it sometimes.
0: <laughs> well, the, the very first question that I had for you is actually going to be, when do you sleep?
1: Uh, I actually sleep fairly well. I have to have a lot. Um, but, uh, for the most part, I, I think I do a pretty good job of having a balanced life. Uh, ever since I had a kid, I actually had to slow down a little bit. Um, and, uh, cause back when I was doing the We're Alive days, when the original series was coming out, I, I kid you not, my days were going from 8am to 5pm at a 9 to 5 job. Well, it was 8 to 5, but um and then i'd come home and i would work on the show until like 10 o'clock at night and then i'd have like the last two hours of the day for myself so that that was like my routine for almost uh, several years and uh that 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 wouldn't carry on much anymore especially once i had a kid after that yeah so yeah i mean in the beginning i didn't sleep much but now it's you know you have to make the time and balance otherwise uh your brain doesn't work very well anymore
0: yeah I can't imagine trying to throw kids into the mix myself like i I work a full time job and then I do this every waking minute that I'm not at work, right but mm-hmm. to put to put a kid in the mix like now all of a sudden, I have to worry about feeding the kid, making sure the kid doesn't you know uh-huh. die for starvation or whatever <laughs> like all, all of those different things that that you have to worry about like you have to water a kid every so often, right. Oh yeah, the and they they, they
1: they also pee too. So you have to deal with that end of it. So you whatever you put in, it goes out like it's uh and then you got to play with them and then you got to make sure that, you know, they're it's that they, they don't turn into monsters. So it's like that's a whole another aspect to it. <laughs> um but I I will be honest, uh it does get a little easier as you go and you get a little bit more breath in there. Um coincidentally, actually my son got a little bit more involved uh, in the production process, I just recorded him as a voice in my last production That's for exciting. the first time. So, uh, How old is he? so he is uh, he's five. Nice. So he he had a blast doing it, um, and I'll I'll get to that project in a minute. Um, but as, essentially, yeah, it's it's it is tough to be a dad and also be in the production field at the same time. Um, but at this, I will also say that you do learn a whole hell of a lot about life. From being a dad and being a father, because they they say you have to draw from what you know, and you know I drew from my military experience for We're Alive*, and now that I'm a dad, I can actually draw from that experience too. So I'd say it's 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 very rewarding. I love my son. I love my wife. It's uh it's kind of a fun, um you know, experiment of like how is it that people human, you know? It, and so you you get a nice little aspect of uh the what is it, the human condition, uh, so to speak
0: yeah you speak about your wife, and now, are you guys going to get back into doing the drive home once uh, once theaters open up?
1: Probably will I mean we really did enjoy it, and uh we actually uh do a whole lot of the drive home just sitting on the couch now uh it's a little different though because you know there's kids run a kid running around, and it actually got really hard to do drive home once we had a kid because all of a sudden when if we saw a movie with him and he was in the back seat and uh, and so it was really hard to give us like a real in-depth analysis while the kids squawking behind us. So that got a little difficult. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think we we'll, once we get back in the movie theaters, we'd love to go back again and, and talk about them, but we're, we're pretty much sitting on the couch doing the same sort of deconstruction that we always do. Uh, especially watching like WandaVision and things like that. We'll have a, a, a nice little, uh, chat about like what, what worked, what didn't work, things you like, things you didn't like and things that might've been silly. So it's, we've been able to do it, but we just do it more in personal and on a couch basis. Having
0: created the documentary in your experience in in the field, now somehow there, there became a transition and you got into podcasting. How did that come about?
1: Well, it, it was interesting because uh, for all the lists that you have, there's a whole bunch of little ones in between there that, that didn't really uh, make the cut that sort of inspired in some ways. Like, I did animation at one point, and I kind of leave it off the resume a lot now because uh, it was good, but it wasn't great. Like, I, I I really got into it for a while, learning the technology. Um, I did Some of the stuff I did was pretty pretty good, but the problem was, like, I would work almost like three years on something that'd be like five minutes, and so that sort of uh, that sort of was a big drain. I mean, animation is a gigantic collaborative method, and you really want to have like people specifically working on different aspects of the the animation. And so, for my senior thesis in college, which is uh, awful, I will be the first to admit. Uh, but hey, you always have to learn from from your mistakes, which I did. Uh, and what I learned is that. Uh, when you get a group of cast together and you record them, sometimes the audio sounds better than the animation you do afterwards. So even though I sort of failed in the animation attempt and it didn't turn out very good, the experience that I got from doing a multicast recording for the audio side of that animation was invaluable. Uh, having everyone in the same space and time, I'm like, this this sounds better than what we produced afterwards. So it was sort of like an eye-opening experience and kind of the doorway into doing audio dramas that uh, that kind of spiraled from there.
0: I know that from personal experience trying to make a, a music video or any kind of video to go along with the, the audio is just, like I was, I was doing a school project that was only like a minute and a half long and then it ended up taking, <laughs> like, it's just me talking uh-huh. at the camera. And it ended up taking all day just to just to get a minute and a half in there. And that's not even including any kind of uh, an animation or anything.
1: Yeah, it's it's fun, though, because with audio, I will say that you can do anything like it's almost like infinite amounts of possibilities. And uh, most of the time, like I did some other sound designs for uh, short films that were shot on film that had zero Set sound, So you have to create absolutely everything after the fact. And I love that because that was so much fun because then you realize the possibilities of audio. You can take it anywhere. And that's sort of just a building block of what uh, the audio programming stuff that we do now.
0: Yeah. So Mercury Theater Podcast, I don't know if you've listened to any of the episodes, but it's an anthology. So every episode has an entirely different thing. So I don't have to keep Mm -hmm. on setting up a new set. Like, I don't have yep. to have a space set for this episode and then a, a 1700s set for Pirates thing over there. So it's just, I just <laughs> put the audio in there and then it makes a, it, it, it creates that, that environment. So how many current projects do you have going on?
1: Uh let's see here. So we got Bronzeville coming out in about a week, which is uh, really exciting. Uh, on top of that, we have, let's see here. I just finished one. From uh, Audible that just got sent out, so that's a like a a nice little mini series called Motel Evil, and that's a so fully that cast one as well. That's a full cast, uh, very a pretty large cast actually. This was the uh, the first project that I was able to record uh, during COVID times, and I'm a very much in the uh, flesh kind of person when it comes to recordings. So so that was sort of interesting. Um and then uh so that one's uh, already been produced and done and edited and it's sitting in Audible's lap right now We're waiting to get published. Um and then I have uh the secret project that I recorded yes. like a week and a half ago uh which just got off a of set. Uh still feeling the uh the the effects of this monumental like recording because it was uh, these these are projects that I was working on since last year like You know, it takes a while to get a production off the ground, get all the clearances, and you have to write the script. Uh, This one in particular, I was working in conjunction with a couple different companies. Uh, One of them is a is a pretty big game company, Um, so I had to like work within all of those confines to find this right story and write it out. And and, um, and then there's the casting process, and then you have to find. You know, during COVID times, we also this was the first SAG union. Uh, project that we did, which is much more difficult to record in COVID times and lots of stipulations. Did, so that was pretty tough. Did
0: you say that this one's the first one that was said? Well, the,
1: the one prior was non-union but recorded during COVID times. This is the first one that was union and the union has a lot more specifications for how you record. Like, the non-union project, you can you can test someone once a week and that's the stipulation for being able to do, the, do what you need to do. Uh, this one, you have to test people every two days. And that's a much bigger uh, hurdle, and also a much more much more costlier hurdle yeah. to do when you have a a pretty decent cast, um, and also they have stipulations about the recording conditions. You have to have like air filters, and it's just there's a lot more you have to consider when when doing all that stuff. So it's uh, it's a lot more difficult. So there's a lot of stress, and also if you have anybody who's like who a- accidentally gets Uh, sick or gets corona uh, around your set, you can, yeah, you're just done. (laughs) It's just, (laughs) it would be an absolute nightmare. So there's a, there's a large portion of stress that goes along with it because you have a lot on the line for recording studio time. And yeah, but thankfully, you know, knock on wood, it all went amazingly. Uh, Everything's in the can and now it's in the post-production process. So that one, that's, that's project number three that's, that's currently sort of going on right now. Um, and then the fourth one, uh, which actually, I just finished the uh, the first draft last night. Actually, it's more than it's like a draft number five, but the first completed draft of it um, for the uh, the western that I'm looking to record this summer. So I'm super excited about that one.
0: Is that an inspiration from Gold Rush?
1: Uh, actually, no, weirdly enough, I was doing Gold Rush and then somebody approached me with a uh, a book that was a western. Uh, and said, hey, uh, I really would love to make this into uh, something that was audio-based, that's serialized, and I was like, "Oh, let me read it. And I fell in love with it, loved the project, uh, and I've been working two and a half years to get it off the ground. Um, and finally, uh, not that long ago, it looks like a lot of the contract stuff got signed off, so we were all, the, the ball's in motion now. Uh, and literally just yesterday I finished the script, so I'm super excited for this next project, because uh, you always have to have one ahead and keep on, keep the cycle of the, the wheels moving, otherwise you'll get, you'll get hung up somehow.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, if I look at all the, all the episodes that I'm working on, because I come out with one a month, and mm-hmm. at that pace, I'm like, I'm, I have, like, three in the works, At any given time, and it's like I'm on post production. I'm just about to publish one. I'm working on the recording for another one, and then I'm writing another one. I I I might be writing two at the same time, and it's just it just keeps on coming down. It's just like you just keep on putting another one behind it, just so you can keep on going like the like a train that it is.
1: You have to. I mean, otherwise you uh, you kind of mess up the flow. And it was the same when I was doing back uh, when I was doing we're live is. You have to, you know, continually have the next one lining up. Otherwise, you're gonna fall behind, and and you have to get in the in the studio record. You have to get it written, and you keep on doing post, constantly doing post.
0: Yeah, yeah. The voice actors show up. They uh they're there for the week or whatever they do, and then, then you're working on it for the next like <laughs> however long oh, months yeah. and months.
1: Yeah, like uh, Motel Evil that we just finished. We recorded that in October. Is that the secret project? And that, no, that's not the secret project. Oh. Uh, Motel Evo was the, f- the, the first Audible production that I was able to talk about. The second one, I can't yet. Um, but that one was where we recorded in October, and then um, we were doing a post-production pretty much at the end of October, November, December, January, and uh, bits of February, just to finish it off. So it, it took like four months to do because it was such a complex project.
0: How many, how many people are in the, the studio working in post?
1: Um, so that one had two primaries and then one assistant editor. So that's, they sort of split up the episodes. It's a six part, uh, series. And so they would do three and three. And then the, uh, the other person was doing a lot of, uh, cleanup, like noise reduction that that was sort of their specialty was, uh, the set that we recorded on, um, had some additional noises on it. Uh, and it, cause we had to find a space that was big enough that would allow us to record a multicast. That allows six feet between each other, which is kind of hard to do. And so the place we were at um, was right next to a T-shirt shop, so we had a <laughs> lot to contend with uh, in terms of additional noises uh, in that recording space. And so we just had to deal with it. Uh, but the the end result, you can't tell. You know, it was it was awesome. Like we had a lot of interruptions, and sometimes our days went a little bit longer than we wanted to because of those interruptions. But the cast was super cool. They were flexible. Uh, and we were able to do what we needed to do in the time that, uh, was allotted. So yeah, uh, product turned out great. And, uh, I'm kind of excited for people to finally hear it. It's one of those like, you know, quicker, quicker productions that we've done, uh, and a little quicker turnaround, but it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Very different from some of the other stuff that I've done.
0: Yep.
1: Still horror. So, you know, there's always that, but that's, that comes with the, comes with the uh, territory, I guess.
0: Did you say it's horror?
1: It's horror, yes, that one is. It's a horror mystery, like Who Done It. Um, a little bit of some uh, like fantastical elements in the, in a way. It's it, the 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 crux of that story, Motel Evil, is that um, there have been a couple murders in this uh, uh, motel at the northernmost city in America, which is Barrow, Alaska, and they have you know, darkness in this place, six months at a time, not six months, excuse me, like two to three months at a time. And, uh, and so they get stuck there during a storm and it's, uh, it's just who did it kind of thing. It's, it's really fun. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm so excited to see the different avenues because I'm familiar with the We're Alive franchise and then Bronzeville and
1: then a little bit of the other ones.
0: But now it's it's going in a, a completely different direction, it sounds like. So that's, that's exciting.
1: Yeah, no, I'm just doing completely new IPs that uh that are on, not connected with other ones, which is kind of freeing in some ways because I do spend a lot of my time uh, in the world of We're Alive developing those properties. Uh, and it's kind of nice not to have any strings and like have to go through my millions of pages of references and, and research just to make sure I, I don't screw something up. Uh, so it's nice to be nice to have to, you know, do something new for a change and uh yeah and also this kind of keeps us moving because we're alive had a couple delays over uh COVID season and uh looks like we're we're knock on wood getting back on track this year which is which is exciting
0: now i've i've kind of prodded a couple times but now i'm really going to go for the jugular sure what can you tell us about the secret audio drama can you
1: um, I can tell you that it's got some really great names attached to it. Um, I can say that it was a great multicast experience. Uh, I can say that it's sort of in conjunction with a big video game company um, that has an existing IP. And that's probably about it for now. It's uh, it's like a five-hour miniseries drama, just like the Motel Evil series was, sort of self-contained. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It was it was a lot of fun. It was very difficult to do because uh, I wrote the story and I had to come up with an original story that fit within the world that they already created, uh, and that's that's like threading a very thin needle uh, there. And uh, but it, in the end, it's turning out great. The the company loved the script. They loved to the cast uh, we did, and um, and uh, I think the the end product is going to be pretty amazing. Matter of fact, I have a I believe a first. Uh, vocal cut to listen to today of the first episode already so and that's the one my son actually starred in too
0: yeah from from an editor's perspective i have to ask like are you taking the sound effects from the video game franchise and using those as well absolutely oh that's so cool
1: that took a that took a while to get the clearance for that but we we uh i arranged with them to not only get some of the sound effects but also some of the music so that they were able to uh, to get all the pieces of the puzzle that essentially needed to make sure that this thing happened. Yeah. And also that way it's also true to what the, the the game already put out there. And it'll sound like it's, you know, part of the same world very easily that way.
0: The only other only other podcast that I know that's done something similar to this was uh, Wolverine. Like Marvel's Wolverine. Mm-hmm. And they had taken kind of a the basis of Wolverine I don't know if you've heard it, but they i feel like they did a really really great job of doing the uh doing the the audio like the um the undertones and everything like just hearing all of this stuff like they didn't they didn't go too far into music they didn't they had a lot of dialogue they had really good sound effects and they had some music in it, but it's like in that order, so it was that's that's the closest that I've heard to that.
1: But. Yeah, that. Uh, yeah, this is this is a little, little different. I think uh, a little bit higher quality, especially when you're dealing with originals and and uh, original characters and such. Like I, I had some issues with the Wolverine series. I'll be honest, yeah. I didn't exactly finish it. But uh, uh, there's like I'm I'm a such a stickler for when I if I hear another production, like I automatically my producer hat goes on just because I'm like I'll listen to a performance and be like. Well, that kind of sucked, <laughs> or um, <laughs> or listen to a scene and go, "Wow, this is just like this is so much exposition crammed into dialogue. It has no rhyme or reason to it, besides just trying to illustrate something, and it just feels very clunky." Like I'm, I'm very much like an ebb and flow, trying to make it as natural as possible. Gr- granted, in the audio medium, you have to do a lot of shortcuts to make sure that something's, you know, detailed. But then there's also going a little too far and, and there's sometimes better ways to do things. So it, it's it's not too common that I'll actually like get lost in an audio drama and not start to pick it apart for the production sense that's behind the scenes.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll listen to a few episodes, get lost in the story, and then I'll realize, oh, hey, there's this. And then I, I start nitpicking all of the, the different things. Like, I'm by no means an expert <laughs> in any stretch, but I'm... Because I'm I'm doing this, I'm creating the audio dramas. It's mm-hmm. it's something that I can I can start to start to realize. Oh, there's something that's in the background that nobody else would listen to. But there's this like, was it intentional? Was it accidental? Like, only like all of these different things. It's just it's so cool.
1: It, it can be really fun too. Also, because I mean, we're talking about Easter eggs. You can hide things in audio far better than you can. Uh, In the visual spectrum, like, you know, everyone deconstructs something, but in the audio world, you can hide something like, like, in we're alive. We were lucky to hide stuff that was in chapter 10 that didn't pay off to like 34, stuff like that. So there's, there's a lot of really fun stuff like that, especially in the audio world, because audio is infinite. It can be stacked as many times as you want uh, before it starts to, you know, after a while it starts to get to be too much. But, you know, you have that sort of uh, that field of throwing stuff in the background that sometimes you don't notice until it's much later.
0: Yeah. And putting those plants in there.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been reading
0: your book. (laughs) So the stupid question that I have have here was where to go from here. But it sounds like you just constantly just have stuff like where where do you go from here?
1: Um, Well, it's a it's a a constant cycle of, you know, trying to do what's the next project and how can you get that started? And like the uh, the Western one that I'm working on now was a process of two and a half years of work. Um, and so, and there, there have been actually, uh, a couple other companies that are, have come to us and say, Hey, we have this story. How can you maybe possibly handle the writing and excuse me, not the writing, but the directing and production of it. So a lot of, a lot of exterior companies are now looking at audio as an incubation for IP, uh, and they want to do sort of like the create it an audio and then sell it as a visual spectrum, which is great if they want to do it. Um, so we've, we've done a conjunction with a couple of those and, and, uh, we're, we're trying to, uh, continually produce a lot of that kind of stuff. But for me personally, I'm, I'm all about, you know, finding the next story that's willing to, to get out there. And, um, I have, uh, I have my set ones that I have down the, my tracks in terms of we're alive that I want to get done and out, um, so that I can work on the one after that and the one after that. So I have sort of a, uh. I have a list of the productions that I want to do in my lifetime, and hopefully I'll be able to get all of them done uh, before I'm done. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's sort of the uh, the plan of things. Um, and then you get some other ones along the way, like this Western one was one I wasn't really planning on uh, in my career path, but it's something that is super fun and I love it. And uh, it'll be another one of those productions that'll kind of keep me moving along. And uh, knock on wood, I believe it'll be definitely a multi-season thing and, and, could have the potential to take off in a, in a big way once we get it out there. Yeah,
0: actually, I meant to ask this earlier, but is it an adaptation from the book or is it inspired by the <laughs> book?
1: Yeah, it's an adaptation from the book. So a lot of the material is already there, um, but from any – whenever you take a material from a book, you're always going to take some stuff, throw it out – take some other pieces and expand upon it significantly that was sort of glazed over. There's a lot of stuff in the book that's like one line long that all of a sudden becomes many pages now because you have to like take the dramatic effect of, okay, why why do we need to focus on this scene at this point in time? What does it contribute to the characters and why is it important to the big overall spectrum of the story? Um, So there's a lot of that going on. And so that's why I sort of love the process of doing it because... It's like I get to become uh, sort of a mad scientist where I'm going into the writing and I'm saying, okay, let's cut this out. This, is, this doesn't work. But this is really important because this leads to this character choice later on. Let's expand upon that. And, oh, you know what? The book never covered this aspect of it. Let's dive into that. And uh, similarly, actually, I was able to do that with the, um, the video game adaptation sort of adaptation uh, is focus on stuff that they didn't cover in the game. Uh, that they didn't really spend a lot of time on and really dive in and pull that material out so that you can enjoy it um, and also maybe get a little bit more connected to the material. So it's fun. It, as a storyteller, you get to uh, like take the story and enhance it in ways that sometimes they, uh, they didn't get to in the, the first pass for whatever reason. Do,
0: do you actually listen to other audio dramas besides your own?
1: I do. Um, I unfortunately don't get very far oftentimes um, it's, it's rare that I'll actually get through the entire thing only because of time, partly because, um, when I'm listening to something, it feels like work. <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest. Like I listen to a lot of stuff and mostly it's like, I'll listen to something like that's through several drafts. So by the end of the day, um, I, I don't really get to listen to anything for fun, especially because it's like going back to that producer hat. Um, I have a hard time taking that off. So I'll listen to something. And oftentimes it's hard to get lost in the world. I'll, I'll rip apart the the construction of it. I'll, I'll tear something apart. Um, so unfortunately, it's hard to listen to certain things in, in the big aspect. But I do get a couple episodes here and there, um, depending on the the various productions. Uh, so it's, it's a little it's sometimes hit and miss. It's uh, I wish I could listen to more. But the reality is at the end of the day, I'm going to take care of the kid or I'm going to play a video game or do something, you know, watch something on TV, something that not related to audio because that portion of my brain, uh, whether it's writing, directing or listening to it, it's, it gets kind of tapped out after what a while. What video games do you play? Uh, I'm a big sea of, Thieves fan, sea of Thieves fan. So I play that with my brother and we, uh, we sail a lot around the globe and, and kind of do our own missions and uh, it's kind of fun if you've ever played. it, It's very open world and very very different. Um, and uh, I'm actually going through Last of Us for the first time now. I'm going through Part Two. Um, I do a lot of Mario, <laughs> a, Mario a lot of uh, Mario 3D World. I'll play that with my son or, or Smash Brothers, and uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm I'm sort of more into Nintendo for the most part, uh, but a little bit of the gamut of different nice. games.
0: My my wife would love you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I I didn't grow up actually playing video games wasn't allowed and then uh, then my mm. wife she was a uh, she was raised on N64 and you know I'm trying to play yep. it and I'm like these controls suck
1: <laughs> but back in the day they were revolutionary the fact that like N64 I mean I play GoldenEye nowadays and it's a little tricky because of the way that like that was one of the first first person shooter multiplayers that you could play but man, back in the day, I could strife, I could er, side, side, side strife. I don't know if that was the right word. But anyway, um, but like you, you put bombs where anybody spawned, like you could really like go through. And if you knew what the body armor was, it was like one of the very first like big time uh competitive uh games and Nintendo has been like they're pretty revolutionary through time and and honestly it's one of those things where um it's not huge huge graphical marvels but the gameplay is usually where it's the most fun yeah they
0: they definitely uh definitely caught my attention um, growing up when i when I was somewhere else
1: <laughs> mm-hmm yeah, I never had a Nintendo growing up or a Super Nintendo it wasn't until later on in life that I was actually able to get one so by that time I was like I was all into Mario Kart and you know my neighbor had it and we'd always try and like beat the 150 CC but they always cheated you know and yeah it, it was a, it was fun you know you, you, and I think that's actually kind of the 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 old part of video games that I missed is when uh everybody sort of had their own systems and you know you had to go over there to play
0: now if you were to meet yourself back and i kill him (laughs) (laughs) no clones. (laughs) you uh you you can give yourself a word of advice in regards to podcasting before you started doing it or when you just started doing it what would you tell casey waitland
1: Couple things is number one. I'd say make sure you put everything down in paper before working with certain people, uh, just because uh, you never know uh, how somebody is until they get late in the game. So that's that's something I would I would recommend early on, and and you know so you, you learn from mistakes and have to recover from that stuff. Uh, it makes you bigger, makes you stronger, but then you still have to go through it. Um, so that's a big one. Um, number two. I'd say always start strong with your stories. Um, go with, uh, and, I, and I was fortunate actually uh, to do this with We're Alive, but I think I could have done it maybe a little stronger, a little better, is that uh, you You can only start once. So you have to really start off on the right foot and, uh, and make sure it is as polished and as, perfect as you can make it before you ever jump in. And I think we did that for the most part uh, as best that we could given the time constraints, but um, yeah, yeah, you can only do that that pilot episode one time. So in, in subsequent episodes now and series, I try to put our best foot forward now, and that's something that I've, I've learned as it goes along. Um, that's kind of it. I mean, the rest of stuff, to be honest, I sort of learned along the way that made me a better writer, better producer. Um, just just for the experience of doing it. And and to anybody else out there who's like looking to do it, it's just you you have to step off the deep end and jump in because otherwise you never know what you're going to get, you learn a lot about yourself, and you never know how it's gonna turn out, but you have to like get in there in order to really be able to to build and grow because with every page that you write uh, with every every minute that you produce, you always get a little bit better as you go because it's just you're you're constantly building on the last thing that you've created, and um, like writers write and and producers produce and and every production leads into the next one and you kind of learn learn along the way and and grow as not only a person but a, as a creative and just kind of get it done.
0: Nice, nice. Well will All right. So, Casey, I really appreciate having had you on the show. Now, if somebody wanted to follow you, how would they follow you?
1: Well, hopefully they wouldn't come to my home um, and tail me around in my car. Uh, But if they wanted to find me in the social media world, they could go to at Wayland Prode is my Twitter. Uh, It's the same as Instagram. Uh, I'm on Facebook, so you can follow me on Facebook. Uh, if you try and send me a friend request, I probably wouldn't know you and allow that one. But I mean, but following is great. Uh, I, I always let people follow me on Facebook. It's just that friend request is the only thing I'm like, mm, I don't know about that one <laughs> unless I know you personally. And then I, then it's right. fine. Um, and, uh, and then they can go to our websites. Uh, WaylandProductions.com uh, is another another avenue. Uh, they can follow all the different productions that we do. They have links and, and posts on there. Uh, and that's pretty much it. I think that's... I'm not on TikTok. I'm not on uh, oh, Snapchat, really. <laughs> no, I, I, uh, I guess I'm too old for the TikTok thing. Um, also, there's a little bit of a privacy issue with uh, some of the manufacturing of that one that people seem to glaze over. Uh, and also access to your uh, certain applications on your phone. But anyway, uh, I digress. Look that up, people. Um, so that, yeah, so those are the main ones I go for. Not not that the other social medias are all that better, but uh, I have a little bit more, I think, trust towards them, and they're also a little bit more mainstream. And let's let's be honest. Past I think past a certain age of TikTok, it gets a little hard, and it's you know. I, at the end of the day, I'm so tired of like producing and directing and getting stuff done that I'm like, uh, doing social media is almost like a full time oh, job yeah. on top of all that. Yeah. So like, so like you, John, you you are like the dynamo of like getting on there, making recommendations, following up on people, and I'm like, oh my god, it's like it's a marathon, and you're like still sprinting, and I'm like just lagging behind because I'm like, at the end of the day, I'm like, I'm done. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, after 200 million downloads for We're Alive, I'm pretty sure you're like you're just skating, right? You just you just ride on your your own coattails.
1: <laughs> yeah, when I I would say that there's always room to build and always room to grow and. uh uh, I'm I'm working out details that lets let more people work on our social media and let other people sort of take the reins because the the the, the honest truth of it is like whenever it comes to these productions it's so exhausting to get to the point of being finished that by the time you're done you're just like here take it just just run with it from here I'm done with this thing like it's it's finally out of my hands and and so that's sort of where I get at the end of any production because like I spend a lot of time on the meticulous details like we do a lot of passes in editing. And a lot of, uh, you know, I, I can't tell you how many revisions in a script it takes to get to the point. And then, you you know, at, at the end of the day, it's just like you're just kind of done with it. And then to do a full time job of marketing it at the same time. It's the reason why they have a lot more people who that's their specialty, because it takes a different kind of mind and a different kind of mindset. And and me and social media, you know, I'm, I'm more of a like. I like to interact, but I'm also not somebody who's like a huge activist and I'm not, you know, commenting on everybody's posts. I'm just kind of sitting in the background watching the world go I, by. I feel
0: like uh, like, you're a little bit on the introverted side as as am I. And it's just like I want to I want to. I wanna create i want to do this that i'm good at and then i just want the -hmm. social media to just do its own thing by itself social media is something that i i'm currently taking classes for just specifically because i hate it so much
1: (laughs) yeah really just it's a necessary evil like it really is you have to you have to keep up on it you have to keep engaging with people otherwise you just kind of get lost in the ether sometimes and it's not always easy, but it is the thing you have to do. And early on in my, you know, We're Alive career, I was on there a lot more. It just gets exhausting after a while. Like, it really does. And I, I love interacting with the fans. Like, that, like honestly, that's been the, the most fun. Like, our We're Alive uh, fan page, I'm on there all the time with interacting with fans. And that's that's a really great way of, you know, if anybody's curious, look for the We're Alive fan page on on Facebook. There's a lot of people on there. Um, interacting and, and talking about the series and like getting, getting really in depth with stuff um, that I really love interacting with and people's theories going back and forth. So that, that to me is the fun part is the is engaging with the fans in a, in a meaningful way. Um, but just like spamming out, you know, stuff all the time on social media is like, yeah you know,
0: yeah. how did you start your, uh, your getting the word out for we're alive when you first started that? And what's your beverage of choice?
1: Uh, I'm drinking an Arnold Palmer right now. <laughs> uh, that is my beverage of choice, to be honest. It's a mix of uh, unsweetened tea and lemonade.
0: Unsweetened.
1: Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, you already have lemonade on top of it. I mean, you can't, if you go double sweet, it's like a double barrel shotgun and acid reflux. Um, so, uh, in the very beginning, I think my, my big game was, uh, was, was doing social media. I think like back in the day when I first did we're alive and had a fa- Facebook page for it, there was nobody else doing that. Like it was very few. Uh, it wasn't even called, it, I think it wasn't even a called a, it was either a like page or a fan page or something like that in the beginning. They, they've changed the, uh, the vernacular of over time, but it used to be where like, you couldn't pay for advertisements. You just posted it, and people saw it, and it was like, wow. you know. And then they changed, they've changed; they changed the logarithm since then, and now there's so many pages that you would post stuff, and people just don't get to see it. So I think uh, we did a lot of that back in the day, and, and we would post our artwork, and we'd engage with the fans on there in, in a meaningful way. Uh, we used to have a really active forum for a while when the series was going. Uh, but time changes technology, and a lot of these people, like... Uh, the way that they communicate is so different now than, say, when we first started in 2009. That like, people don't use forums as much as they used to. Like that used to be a big thing. Like AIM, AIM went away. You know, you have to adapt with the times. So we still try and keep up on it. We still do our our, our fan pages here and there and and interacting with people. And um, I think it, when our next series of Where Live comes out, we're gonna have to. You know, revamp a couple things, but I think we'll we'll still try and find ways to engage our fans in meaningful ways. Like Reddit is a great way too. Uh, we have a pretty good following on Reddit, um, and you just have to find new new avenues to promote. Uh, but back in the day, Facebook was the was the thing. It was it was the best way to get a hold of people.
0: What comes next after this?
1: I mean, I mean, hopefully, uh, Motel Evil's coming out. Bronzeville's coming out. 2021 uh, is gonna be pretty pretty stacked. Uh, I'm. Uh, Now that I'm done with this Western here, and I'm going to send off some messages here this morning because I finished it last night around 11. um, uh, That one's going to be moving along, and then I'll I'll refocus a bit and hopefully start getting the next We're Alive stuff out there and done because we recorded a whole bunch last year that's sort of been sitting in a can because of uh, uh, essentially in order order to move to the next process, it takes a lot more uh, finances, especially with editors and stuff like that. I don't like to make our editors work for free, especially to the degree of, like, how much that we have to get done, you'll burn people out. Like, I can't tell you how many editors I've gone through in my lifetime. It's it's almost like water because... They just, they get burned out because there's a lot of material, you know, it's a lot to cover and, and you can only look at the waveforms on a screen for so long before you start to get a little bit of burnout. So unless you're paying them, it doesn't make it as, it makes it a lot more difficult for them to do it. When you give them a paycheck, you see uh, a little bit better results that way. And also, you know, you get people coming back.
0: Yeah. If there's ever anything that you just want to turn down and you're like, yeah, it's not, it's not worth me doing it. Just send it over to me. I'll, uh, I'll take care of you. <laughs>
1: It's uh, if, if I'm turning it down, you probably don't want it <laughs> <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm picky. I'm picky. I'll be honest. Uh, but also at the same time, like we we uh, you can make you can make projects better by getting involved sometimes. And that's sort of my philosophy is is just like actors. If there's an actor who's not perfect, you can almost direct anybody if you do it well enough. Um, but if, if we're turning down something, it, there's probably a reason. Yeah. <laughs> but I will keep that in mind. Well, thank you, Casey. That was
0: my interview with Casey
1: Wayland, and it was
0: such a fun experience. And as you are more than aware, I was nervous, but what a fun guy. I have listened to our conversation multiple times, and I learn something new every time I listen. But maybe that's because I'm such a geek? If you're interested in following Mercury Theater Podcast on social media, we're on pretty much all of them as Mercury Theater Podcast. If you want to follow our website, we keep that updated at mercurytheaterpodcast.com. If you'd like to send fan mail or hate mail, send me an email directly to john at Podcast.com. If you've been enjoying listening to this podcast, please consider supporting us like our patrons. A very special shout-out goes to Clay Colvin, Chad Bell, and Anne Robinson for their generosity on Patreon. Their support helps us continue creating this podcast. If you would like bonus content, too, for as little as two bucks a month, our patrons get exclusive content. Find out more about that on our website. Coming May 31st, Adventure Academy will take the place of the pilot episode,
1: so definitely stay tuned for that. Until then, I'm John Badger.
0: Now what?